Hi, you guys. Welcome back to another episode of No BS with Briar and Sarah. This is Sarah. This is Briar. I got my name right this time. I called myself Briar last episode. (laughs) (laughs) Well, today we are going to talk about attachment style. Yeah. We're really excited for this one. This is like... It's a good one. It is. It's very informative. Informative and like, not just informative with information. That seems like a double entendre, but like informative to healing and really starting like a new path of fixing certain things and yeah yeah absolutely so we a lot of the stuff we're going to source today is going to be from the borderline personality disorder workbook by daniel j fox phd but i mean everyone has an attachment style not just those with bpd just those with bpd tend to have very similar ones which is insecure. We'll get into all of that. So I want to start really quick just by saying shout out to my mother and my grandparents who were never hateful. They were amazing. But your attachment style does come from childhood trauma, okay? And unfortunately, the person who showed me hate in my life, for me as an adolescent, Uh that outweighed the good from all of the love that I received. Like his bad, angry thoughts stayed in my head more than the good ones. So with that being said, attachment patterns are based largely on how caregivers behave towards us. Um, And that is from the book. At a very young age when it's like developmental for your brain. Yeah. So if you feel like you're chasing a parent's love, you're going to most likely if you've gone untreated, um, grow up to be the type of adult that's that way, whether it's in relationships or friendships. And I mean, yeah, that definitely happened to me. Um, (laughs) another thing is that, uh, the degree to which we feel loved growing up affects the development of our self-esteem and self-acceptance, and it shapes how we seek out love and connect with others. So mine was really negative, but I was chasing that love from the mean, angry man. And guess what? When I got older, I was still chasing love from mean, angry men, just different ones. (laughs) Jeez. So this one's going to be a little interactive. We're going to do, we're going to read to you guys how you can identify your attachment type. Uh, Briar, do you have something you want to add on? Um. Yes. Um, we'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah. So um, we are going to, uh, there is like a little checklist, like a little test that we're going to try to um, type up and upload and the answers to it um, to figure out your own attachment style. That way you guys, after listening to this, if you're curious, um, instead of going on to Google and finding, you know, one that is not as thorough or may kind of get it right um i would rather y'all use the one from the workbook if you're curious you can work through it and then if you figure it out um uh, you'll hear you know ways to work through it as well um we want you guys to go along with us and be more involved uh with our podcast as well and if you guys uh figure it out and want to talk to us 
via our email and reach out, feel free. So this was going to be a very, like Sarah said, interactive episode. Yes. So we're going to go through the boxes. So if you want to grab a pen and paper to identify your attachment type, um, you can read box one, I'll do two, you do three, I do four. And then in the end, we will share what each attachment type means and which ones Briar and I have. Yes. So start us off with box one, queen. Okay. Okay. Uh, Just write down the number of however many of these check marks you get. Perfect. So box one, the first, uh, the first one, I find it easy to be close to others. I am comfortable depending on others. I'm comfortable with others depending on me. I'm not worried about not having a close relationship. I'm okay with others not accepting me. That's box one. Box one. Box two is I am uncomfortable not being close, not being in a close relationship. I want a lot of intimacy and approval in my relationships. I worry that others don't value me as much as I value them. I want complete emotional intimacy with my significant other. And I feel that others don't get as emotionally close as I would like. That's box two. So box three. I am comfortable not having emotional relationships. Independence is very important to me. I don't need anyone else's help to get things done. I don't see a lot of value in emotional relationships. And I never feel truly close to someone else. All right. That's box three. So box four. And also you can check off as many as you want in any of these boxes. Um, I personally have two different types, but okay. Box four. I am uncomfortable getting close to others. I want to be close to someone, but I'm afraid of being close. It's difficult to trust significant others completely. I am afraid I'll be hurt if I get too close to someone emotionally and I feel unworthy of my significant other's time and attention. So those are the boxes and whichever one you have the most of, um, add them up and we will explain what those attachment types are. There are secure and insecure. So go for it. You wanna start with box one? Okay, so secures box one. High level self-worth, believes others are approachable and caring, comfortable with autonomy and with forming close relationships. Box two is preoccupied, where your self-worth is based on gaining the approval and acceptance of others. Relationships are intense to the point of relying on individuals too much. Anxiety is reduced when you are with a significant other. Perfect. Uh, Box three is dismissing. Positive view of self, desires independence, and appears to avoid connections with others altogether. Denies the need for close relationships and will say relationships are unimportant. And box four is fearful, which means you see yourself in a negative way. You don't trust others. You're afraid to be in close relationships, but feel the need to be in one. Um, You experience discomfort with close relationships and you see yourself as unworthy of responsiveness, from a significant other. So I scored for two of them. So I am both preoccupied and fearful, which are two insecure attachment types. So preoccupied means, oh, we just read that. Never mind. I'm going over my notes. (laughs) (laughs) But having two of them, mine for um, both preoccupied and fearful mean that I have an internal push and pull to be close to people while also fearing being hurt and abandoned. 
What is yours, Briar? Mine was preoccupied. Um, I checked every single box. Um, so I did too. <laughs> <laughs> um, individuals with preoccupied attachment styles, um, they seek out um, others to help them feel safe uh, when they're stressed or afraid. Um, this is a, a fearful attachment type. Uh, and uh, they tend to distance themselves um, from others out of fear of not being worthy. Um so, like Sarah said in the very, very beginning, um, with you know, shout out to her family. Uh, mine definitely uh, stems from my parents, and I love them, and they're still together, and they do love each other. But um, from the age of four, they always—that's when they started threatening divorce, and yeah. I had to always pick which side I had to choose, and it was really difficult and I didn't really get fearful, but, um, definitely I do have fear of abandonment only because of like my parents trying to abandon them like each other. Yeah. And so Mm -hmm. like having to constantly like help or comfort or please one or other, like one, one or the other parent really developed that like constant need to please others. And like, I wouldn't necessarily say like I'm a people pleaser, but it definitely has developed into like my love language, which I'll get into um, here in a little bit when we go in a little bit deeper um, into the conversation. But um, yeah, so definitely the whole self-worth is based on that. Like I felt like I constantly had to pick and choose. And so I think that's really where that developed at that young age at four. Yeah, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. I definitely feel that with mine, it was um, being invalidated, being truly just disliked. Like, honestly, I can say that now as a kid, that seems like such a dramatic thought, but I mean, it seems real and older. It seems dramatic, but I can say I was truly just disliked by a parental figure in my life. Yeah. And all I wanted was for him to like me. Yeah. It was just very unwarranted hate. Yes. And with that, you know, my father wasn't in the picture. He was in prison. Um, and so I was just constantly yearning for a security in love. And I will say, okay, so it does say that these attachment types, mine, are a source for confusion and they worsen the experience of BPD, which is yeah. very real. I'm actively working on myself. So some of my answers are kind of wishy-washy, but they're how I feel whenever I'm not trying my best. Yeah. And they're how I've been in my relationships. And I crave a love that is so deep and so real. So like ride or die. I've only been in three relationships my whole life and all of them were long-term, but the way that I feel so insecure in them and so attached in them has yeah. led to so many problems because they're not even doing anything and I'm suspicious. Now, yeah. like they're going to go hang out with their friends and I'm pissed off because why am I, why am I not there? Well, and what are you doing? Yeah. Da, 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 you don't answer your phone. And, and yeah, I Everything definitely. sounds like a lie. Uh-huh. Everything's suspicious. Are you going to leave me? But then there's also the threat of leaving them instead to see if they'll chase you, which is crazy, but I've done it. <laughs> so many times. Yeah. And then are they really gonna let me go? Or like, don't talk to me. 
And like you basically push them away after a fight and then they don't like reach out to you because you told them don't contact me, da da da. Yeah. And then I get hurt and upset. I'm like, well, how dare they? It's like they're doing what you asked, Briar. Like yeah. which one? Which one do you want? Which one do you want? And I hate, and you know, I always say like I don't like to play games. And I really don't. I'm not a game player in relationships, but I will say um, how you said a second ago when you're not doing your best. Um, for me, it's not so much me not doing my best. It's when I'm going through a BPD episode. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And um, I kind of like lose control. Where was I talking that together? Um, oh, my gosh. Maybe um, the way you act out. Oh, yeah, act out. Um, so... It's in those moments when I do act like that and it's, I get, I'm just like, why aren't they doing what I, what I wouldn't do? It's like, because they don't know. And you cannot assume that they know that. And it's not fair to them either, yeah. but you feel solely the victim. And it's like, yeah. no, that's, that's not how this works, Briar. So it's, it's a, and I'm still, I still am working on it. Like, it's just, it's very, very hard. And it says in the book, like attachment styles are like, recovering from them and like changing them is not easy yeah at all it's you have to rewire your brain mm -hmm. i mean from a very fundamental age where you develop this so this is years and years and years that you've trained your brain to be like this and then to untrain yeah. it it takes some time so absolutely i will say like bless my husband because we are married he's not going anywhere and no <laughs> when i'm going through it I start to feel threatened and a simple disagreement can be so minuscule to him. And it's a huge deal to me. It's like, and detrimental. I'm like yes, it's going to make or break my day, my mood. If I'm at work, I'm just like, nope, I got to go in the can bathroom and get this fucking figured out right now. Yeah, I can't function. Like I hyper fixate. It's like, I need this to be fixed right now. Yes. And I'm like, I'm not going to be okay until you realize how this hurt my feelings and how this upset me. And sometimes his response, which is him saying, hey, it's not a big deal. I didn't mean anything by it. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? It yeah. is a big deal. Yeah. And honestly, like later in hindsight, it really never is. But yeah. in the moment, it so is. And I'm going through it thinking yeah. like, ugh, just... I just get very, very insecure. Yeah. You think the worst and you overthink it and you can't think about anything else. Yes. Yeah. But luckily for us BPD queens and everyone else out there, even if you don't have it, um, you can become more securely attached. Yes. And that comes from changing the way you see yourself and others. And you have to do that by encouraging new patterns of adaptive functioning. So... Um, if you develop new healthy patterns by exploring and challenging your negative beliefs, behaviors, and way of functioning by examining your past and learning and using self-soothing techniques to enhance self-control and recognizing what triggers drive you to fall into those old negative ways of dealing with yourself, others, and situations, you can have a whole new mindset. And I'm actively working on it, so I don't want to come off like oh, I will work I'm on my a brand new life. bitch yeah. because I'm not. But yeah. you really got to switch up the way you see yourself. Oh, like, yeah. I, I am a wife. I need to recognize, like, that's important. I'm the main woman in this guy's life. Yeah. Um, and I'm worthy of love. I, I'm so worthy 100%. somebody married me. But even if I wasn't married, I'm worthy of love. Exactly. But I digress. 
You go ahead. All righty. Um, so we're gonna that go. That sounded rude. <laughs> Brian, go on ahead, girl. Go take bitch. the mic. Um, so now we're gonna go through of how like um, sorry, how to change your attachment style. So we're gonna read some things out loud, and you can answer them yet again on your own. Um, but we're going to read to you the questions and then how we responded. So the first one is, how do you think your attachment type explains your motivations for connecting with others? How does it affect your fear of being close to others or your fear of losing them? And there's no right or wrong answers, guys. No, yeah. It's literally mm-hmm. just, honestly, it's the brutal, honest truth. So, and we're that. No BS. Yeah. So for me, I put my preoccupied attachment style makes me too giving to others. So they'll accept me in my gifts of love and worth. Same. Yeah. If I don't give or do enough, they'll leave me or won't love me anymore. And this goes back to what I was saying. My love language is gift giving. And it's a strength and a weakness. And I love to give. And it's always unwarranted. Like, I don't do it for praise. Like, I don't. I do it because I want to. Yeah. But then I also, it becomes a weakness in the fact that I do too much and sometimes I give way too much of myself and I get sucked dry whether they intend to do that or not. But I've had people like not even just relationships, like, like boyfriend, girlfriend, but friendships yeah. that have done it and it was malicious and they did see that in me and they took something good and made it malicious. And yeah. so it's, I'm having to really be more self-aware of like, what am I willing to give of myself away? Like my time, my energy and myself. So, yeah, yeah. you know, same. I answered, um, I know I said no right or wrong answers, but uh, <laughs> and the book says that too. But I don't think I answered the question really. Um, but I say same with the giving thing. I'm very much a giver like that definitely explains my motivation for connecting with other to others because I'm like, love me, don't leave me, have this thing that reminds you of me, let me give you everything. Yeah. Why would you go away? I can give you everything. everything. Yeah. But my answer was that I feel incomplete without connection, but I fear it because I have been wronged and I oftentimes suspect that it will happen again and it is difficult for me to trust others and it causes me to think that they are doing something bad or that they will go away. No, you answer that. That's exactly answering it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, no. Because it, yeah, no, that's exactly right. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Do you want to read the next yes. one? Yes. So okay. the next question um, is, how do you think your attachment type affects how you see yourself? List some words you'd use to describe yourself in relation to other people and write a little about how those descriptions match up with your attachment style. Now, I wrote... Uh, again, coming from not being in a great place, like just keeping it 100, um, is I have low sense of self. I feel unworthy and I carry a lot of guilt for some reason, I guess for some of the things I've done, I really don't know. And I, that also I think is a childhood thing. I was oftentimes made to feel guilty for things I really didn't Didn't even do do wrong. So I just kind of always carry guilt and uh, I feel like I'm an imposter sometimes. Imposter syndrome? Yeah, like if people yeah. figure me out, they're going to leave. But that's wild because I am very much an open book. I will tell my feelings <laughs> completely. Well, almost. We're going to jump to the times that I kind of mask my feelings. But I am almost – I'm like 99% an open book. Yeah. Right? 
but for whatever reason, I feel like a fucking imposter. And I'm like, once they realize who and how I am, like deep down, they're going to go away. Honestly, they're not going to love me. I should have put that. That's really good. I didn't think about that because honestly, same, like really, really. So what I put is like, it makes my personal view on myself solely based on others approval and I seek unattainable perfection. And I put one overgiver. I don't know if that's a word, but I did it. Um, two perfectionist and three, um, like a shoulder to lean on, but like dependable, but not in a healthy way. Right. Like, like you bend over backwards, which yeah. is not a good thing. If someone said do a backflip, even though I can't, I would try to do it Literally. just to appease them and yeah. like make them happy whether I broke my neck in the end or not. Yeah. So there is like a neutral way you can be a reliable person, yeah. but we go over the fucking top. Yeah. We burn ourselves out and then we feel taken for granted. Yeah. Or I do. I, I do. And then I get mad and frustrated at that. Yes. And it's like half the time they didn't even ask for all the things that you're doing. Same. You did it out of your own volition and now you're mad and I'll even get into that in a second. <laughs> and another big thing is that I'm guilty of is like, People will ask for things and I'll do it for them no matter what. Yeah. And it's like saying no is an option, but yeah. I do it all the time. And it's like, ugh, how can you be upset with me whenever I do everything, everything for you? Well, I didn't have to fucking do everything. Yeah. Jeez. That's one thing I've definitely worked on is like, it depends though. Like certain people, I'm always like, yes. Cause if I don't say yes, I'll feel guilty. Other people in like other situations, I'm like, I'm not doing that. But it yeah. really just depends. Like, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Same as So the next question is, how do you think your attachment type affects your relationships? Reflect on a couple of your most significant and more casual relationships through the lens of your attachment type. Do you behave differently in casual relationships versus deeper ones? So I wrote that I feel incapable of having casual romantic relationships. I'm like an all or nothing type girl. Yeah. And even though I've only been in three relationships, I've obviously had like little flings. But whenever I have, I'm like all in. It's never like, oh, this guy. Well, like if a guy likes me and I don't like him back, like that that's just non-existent. Yeah. I'm never playing someone's feelings. But it's if mutual. I like a guy and he likes me too, I am so over the fucking top that's gonna be my husband i'm obsessed with him i'd get his name tattooed on my fucking face <laughs> i'm in love i would die for you and the they oftentimes don't feel that way back because that's so intense and yeah. then i'm hurt you know or it tears them away okay yeah. so it's oh, hold on I'm oh my God. so then i said uh friendly relationships yes so i can have like a casual friendly relationship you know um but this affects my relationships by people needing space from my clinginess. And that is upsetting to me because I never want space. And I also get suspicious a lot, which leads to arguments um, because I get angry and I want them 24 seven, which I did kind of touch base on, but that is, yeah. that has been an argumentative factor in every one of my relationships. What yeah. the fuck are you doing without me? Oh my gosh. I think not. It's like, how can you live without me? Yeah, honestly, oh my gosh, we were literally the same person. <laughs> I swear. So I put it, it affects my relationships negatively because if I don't receive the exact, pre, um, what did I put here? The exact, what did I put? I can't read that. Um, let's see. The exact, um, precise that I whatever if she doesn't get exactly what she wants yeah if I don't get needs. exactly what I that I need I think they don't love me 
or um, they're going to leave. I behave the same in both friendships and relationships and give 100% of myself and my emotions to both. And like with that, like if I don't receive exactly what I give and what I think I need, um, the exact way that I want it done, then they don't love me. They hate me. Um, but honestly, what, like what you said, like constant, like I need to be around you. I need to be around you. Now, sometimes, yes, I do. I'm like, okay, I want to do my own thing, but it is to the point where it's exhausting and I am such an intense person and I really do dive deep in like head first into the shallow end and any form of relationship. And I'm the same way when I meet a guy and I really like him and he like slightly gives off a vibe back or whatever. I'm like, oh my God, yes. And my mom is even like, Briar, you just love every boy that talks to you. She's like, you just fall in love. And I'm like, no, I don't. She's like, yeah, you do. And it's like, no, yeah, you're right. Like I just fall in love and I love to love. And it's definitely like a strength, but it's definitely a huge weakness. And it's not, I create this very unrealistic, um, like, like fantasy world. Um, Same. And it's, I'm too old. Like, and I've, it's, you're too, I'm too old for that. I'm not 15. I'm not getting any younger. So I'm really having to be more judicious. Um, but then the, honestly, like the last like nine months, I'm really judicious on uh, who I give my energy to, how I view relationships, like everything. It's just, it's been really eye opening. Yeah, absolutely. So I am the same way. Like I will completely like with the fantasy world thing, I will romanticize the ever-living hell out of anyone. Yeah. First of all, I did say that I can have casual friendships, which I can, um, but that usually just means I'm not completely open to that person. But, like, in my actual friendships, friendships, I'm, like, always, like, the clingy-ass best friend. I'm going to do everything with you. But um, I do over-romanticize really common people and – Everything they do to me, and I know I'm speaking in extremes, but that's the way I am. I think in extremes. I Same. It can be like, okay, this guy doesn't have a fucking job, and he stinks, and he drinks PBR and takes black tooths all day. And I'm like, oh, my God. just He's a struggling musician. Like it, It's like him. he's in a fucking movie in my head. Yeah. And it's like, no, girl. What's going to happen in real life if that guy really loves you back is <laughs> it's not going to be good. I'm glad you brought up movies because I was going to say, I feel like, especially for a lot of women, we struggle with this solely because of, they call they call them rom-coms. I call it girl porn. It is always the most unrealistic, like settings in love story. And I'm sorry, it's not true. That shit doesn't happen, but it's just, we've been like, we've, it's been fantasized and so in our faces since we were little girls from Disney princess movies to like rom-coms and all these movies. And it's just like, that's not reality. But for us, like how porn is for guys, it's girl porn for us. And we base so much of our expectations and our love life and everything else on these stupid Hollywood movies. It's Hollywood. It's not real. It's fake. So I'm glad that you brought that up. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have experienced many, uh, manic pixie dream boys. Oh yeah. Because I just, oh my God. It's like a guy that comes into my life, just takes me away. And really all it does is just lend to 
All the a life right. lesson because it never turns into something real. They've never actually done something for me, but I am just like head over heels mm-hmm. obsessed and yeah. it doesn't matter what they're doing with their life or what they look like or what the fuck ever because once I'm in, You're I'm in. all in. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> all right. So the next question is, well, yeah, okay. Describe what push and pull you feel the most as a result of your attachment type. For example, do you feel the desire to be closer to others but are afraid to do so? So you isolate yourself? So this is where my facade comes in, okay? So I do feel the need and or desire to be deeply loved, but I am afraid to be hurt. So I oftentimes don't show people my true feelings of how much I care until it's been shown to me first. So I pretend not to notice a lot or not to be hurt by certain things when I actually am. Yeah. That is where I am like completely have a mask on. Um, We'll just go back to another example of like a guy or even a friendship. Yeah. Like I'm obsessed with you. Let's make that fucking clear. I don't want to be without you ever. But (laughs) if you're like hanging out with like other people or you're a guy and you happen to say, oh, this other girl's pretty and like, you know, because like we're talking, but we're both still single. That hurts my fucking feelings. But I'm not going to say shit about it until I know that you feel the way that you do about me. So I've got that push and pull like I need you, but... I'm afraid to get my feelings hurt, so I'm going to pretend like I don't. Do you let it just, like, eat away at you until it finally, like, bubbles over and then it's, like, an explosion? It's just, like, it would have been better just to say it. That's my problem. Yeah, or I start to focus on – or I pretend that I'm focusing on other things that upset me about them. I'm just like, well, I don't really like this about him because, actually, he's stupid. What the fuck ever. Something random. When, really, it's just my feelings are hurt because you were flirting with my friend. Yeah. And I can't say it. Because I got too much pride. That is where my pride and my mask come in. Uh, I'm a big prideful person. I need to work on that. <sighs> I like to think I'm not, but I am. Um, so what I put is I want to give my all. And when it's not reciprocated back, I isolate myself because of my fear of rejection and not being loved enough. If someone doesn't do or say exactly what I want, um, I get angry and want to cut them out of my life. And I'll like, if we're dating, I'm like, if they do that, I'm like, okay, well, I want to break up. And that's, like, my go-to. Yeah. It also stems from, I think, just really on, like, really unhealthy relationships. Um, Especially my abusive one because it was just constantly, we get in a fight, let me break up. Because that was just, yeah. I was so desperate to get out of it. And I think that really bubbled over into a lot of relationships. And I realized it a few relationships back. I'm like, Sarah, I've been in so many. And I really wish I haven't or hadn't been. It would have saved myself a lot of heartache. But... I'm not that way. So here we are. Um, but yeah, I, I, it, I've really had to not be like, let's break up. Let's break up. Let's break up. Yeah. And you know, my mom always says like, pick and choose your battles. And that's a huge struggle for me because some battles I'm like, do I fight over this or is it really insignificant? Or like, I just don't know. And I really haven't, I haven't figured that out. Like I really, struggle with picking and choosing battles like was I overreacting is it silly am I on my period am I just like am I just being triggered because it happened to me in the past but this person hasn't done anything but I'm just triggered I don't know and I have not gotten to that point where I can pick and choose my battles 
but I've also read like it's better just to say what you feel. Um, this comes from that um that um emotional intelligence book. Yeah. Um, to really just say what you feel, you know, in a calm manner, but also to also be judicious when when saying what you feel because if it's all the time and you just are constantly like I felt like this and it's it's almost like dogging on them all the time like they're constantly just like hurting you it is going to come to the point where they're like well then why are we together yeah so that emotional intelligence book has really been helpful it honestly goes hand in hand with this um but yeah so that's one thing I'm really trying to work on is pick and choosing my battles and that even goes with like friendships like is it really worth it and it's easier in friendships than it is relationships it's just different but yeah um, I feel that because I'm not i I'm not the type that I've like, I break up a lot, Yeah. but I flirt with the idea of it a lot yeah. in a threatening manner. Like, well, if we can't figure this the fuck out, then we shouldn't be together. And it's like, I got mad about the most random thing. And then I'll think that about my friends too. This upsets me. It makes me not even want to be their friend anymore. Right. But like, I'm not going to do like a friend breakup. I'm just going to distance myself from them. And like, that's just, just work on things. Yeah. It's okay. Talk shit out. Like we did. Exactly. Like we did. And yeah, no, I agree. Now I will say sometimes there are more so with friendship. There there are friendships that I am like, this is bad. And I will say that I definitely am again, quick to cut friendships out faster than relationships. Yeah. Only because like, I have that fear of abandonment in relationships that I like cling on, but certain friendships I'm like, nope, bye. Yeah. Oh, I did that to the person that asked if I fell off the wagon, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) which was funny that I said it on an episode because in so many of the episodes, I talk about how I don't really cut people out of my life like that. I'm about talking things through with friends. If they're Um, worth it. If they're worth it. And I thought, I really don't have a whole lot with this person. Like we've just, we have a longevity of relationship. Because like uh, we've known each other a long time, yeah. but we've never been like besties. Yeah, I always call it a, an so acquaintance like, friendship. Better off without. Yeah. And honestly, the way actually, never mind. I'm not going to get into that. But but anyway. Yeah. So the, um, those are the ways to change your attachment style. Yes. So you just got to set the stage for success next, and boom, change the way you see yourself. Develop some new healthy habits. I'm definitely constantly working on myself yeah. and I do a lot of that through um talk therapy actually a lot like not even necessarily with a therapist but just like with loved ones like dialectal behavioral yeah, therapy like, I'm telling you hey, why do you like me and then just realizing how worthy and awesome of a person yeah. I am oh yeah and that's what I was doing in therapy I need to I haven't done it in a few months I need to get back into it but dialectal behavioral therapy is is like talk therapy yeah. and it's either with a therapist with loved ones and honestly more importantly like even yourself just like yeah. really rewording a lot but i did want to read this one thing out of the book that yeah. i thought was really good like cool so it says your bpd doesn't want you to explore it wants you to stay stuck but you recognize the need for change to do things differently and working to change your attachment type is a part of that journey but i really like that the bpd doesn't want you to explore it doesn't want you to get better because no. it it thrives in comfortability and in order to get better you have to be uncomfortable and yeah so don't don't let your mind and even if you don't have bpd whatever whatever you're going through don't let that be your ball and chain don't be oppressed by that like 
don't stay stuck. Yeah, that's why it we're st- why we still struggle with it, and we're <laughs> thirty one years old. Like it, it's not an easy thing to get out of. No, it's easy, very easy to be, healthy. be mean to yourself. Yeah, it's very easy to be mean to yourself. Oh yeah, as in it's easy to do. It's not easy to live that way. It fucking hurts and it sucks and it's very miserable. Oh yeah. So you feel yourself saying mean stuff to yourself, thinking you deserve certain things. Cut it off. Figure it Cut out. Cut it off. Love yourself. Love yourself. The way you would love a friend or the way you would love some random ass boy or girl, whatever. Oh, yeah. I was talking about this. No, I know. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I'm just being facetious. I'm just playing around. Um, it's funny that you say that. I, like, I would like to. So I do photography on the side as well. Um, and we do uh, like we do schools. So we were doing the uh, some senior photos at this one school. And this one girl, and I don't think she was fishing for a compliment. Like you can usually tell. And we were getting her dress and I was showing her the mirror and man, she just over and over, just all these little things like nitpicking and just being like so hard on herself. And at one point I stopped, I was like, it's like, you need to be nice to yourself. Yeah. And I was very serious about it. I wasn't mean, but I like looked at her, I was like, you need to be nice to yourself. And like, she was so taken aback. She didn't really say anything, but like, I was just, you know, I am older and she's only, how old are you when you graduate? I was thinking I was 18, like 17, 17, 18. 18. And I'm like, you are too young to just hate on yourself. Like, yeah. you were so young and gorgeous. And she was gorgeous. Like, and it just, it hurt me to see her. And I finally just told her, I was like, be nice to yourself. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know if that made her upset or whatever, but I just, I needed to tell her that. And yeah. so I did. And, yeah. Good for you for telling yeah. her. But honestly, that brought up a memory for me. And, okay, so not being conceited okay but logically i know that i am an attractive woman i know that um but i struggle with my appearance a lot and i always have and all of that stems back from childhood okay and also just kids also being fucking mean. Can dude, we, I just point that out? Are, also, your dude, peers will traumatize dude, you kids in childhood. Are fucking ruthless. I've had kids hurt my feelings when I take photography. I'm like, damn, okay. Yeah. But when I was in high school, we had this project in our art class uh, where there was a self-portrait of us and we were to repaint it on a giant canvas oh, in cool. like monochromatic color. Oh, cool. Um. And I went to the teacher acting like a little teenager, like, I don't want to do this. This is stupid, blah, 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 blah. And because I was masking how insecure I was to have to paint myself. And so at first I was being kind of snotty about it. And when she was like telling me, okay, you have to do it. No, you don't have a choice. I legitimately started crying because I felt so uncomfortable with my face being blown up into this giant portrait that would be displayed in the hallway because I didn't want people to see me. I literally thought I was just so ugly. And okay, first of all, I'm not. But second of all, even if I was, like, that's fucking ridiculous. You should never feel that bad about yourself. Yeah. That you're, like... It was, like, uncomfortable for me to even have to show myself in real life. I didn't want to highlight that by doing a painting. And that is, like, stage five, seek some help, hon. Yeah. And, you know, not everybody is textbook beautiful, but 
I think that's what is so beautiful is everybody's just so different and unique in society and Hollywood and these stupid social media apps. Dear God, they're so toxic. They've really, I'm going off topic, but they've really have tried to define what beauty is. And it's not true. Like everybody's beautiful in their different way. I don't care whatever, like skinny, heavy, tall, petite, big nose, small nose, big lips, little lip, whatever. I don't care. Yeah. You are unique and you are made uniquely. Like there is no one made the same. And I think that's more beautiful than anything. And like, don't let others, especially kids, mean little bully kids tell you otherwise. Yeah. And don't let social media or Hollywood tell you what beautiful is. Don't. Yeah. And it's easier said than done. But if you start that now and even at a younger age, like you will set yourself up for so much more success. Like sometimes I wish I didn't even have like a mirror or social media. Like I'm too far gone, but same. (laughs) I will say that I think social media and Hollywood have both gotten so much better from like my younger days. True. Um, about being inclusive to all looks, all body sizes, all races. Um, not, Completely, but they've gotten better than it used to be. Yeah. But there's still the little fucking trolls out there. Oh, yeah. Hateful. That are, like, on the internet, someone's like, oh, my God, you're so beautiful, curvy. Love your confidence. And then to some drunk bastard that you cut off at the bar, you're a fat bitch. You yeah. Know? Uh, dealt with that. And, like, instead of soaking in that positivity, I will dwell on, the on that one negative little jerk. Why is that? I always dwell on the negative. And it can be one thing. And everybody else has said something positive. I can have a hundred po- like likes. And one negative will just eat at me. I hyper fixate on it. Why is that? I hate it. I don't, probably because we're obsessive. We are. Whoops. Don't be like us. Don't be like us. <laughs> I and mean, be the fun Break us. the habit. Break the habit. Break the toxic cycle. You are beautiful. You're smart and you're sexy. You I don't bitch. even care who I'm talking to. I can be talking to my own worst enemy. Period. I feel like also a lot of bullies are mean to kids. Like especially like unique looking ones or whatever. Just whatever. Because yeah. they are jealous. They are yeah. jealous. Like whether it's your personality, your brain, whatever. They're jealous. And so they're going to try to dog on you. Don't let the haters win. Don't let the bastards win. Don't let the haters win. Don't let the bastards or the haters win. Can I out myself real quick as this thing I totally did as a bully? Yeah. And (laughs) I didn't think I was being a bully and I absolutely fucking was. So I've always liked redheads my whole life. Yeah. I've just, I liked redheaded men. I like redheaded women. That surprises me. Always. Okay. And I always wished I was a redhead. Yeah. Um, But there was this girl in junior high and she had long red hair. She's beautiful. She looked like a redhead Avril Lavigne, okay? And at the time, the Paris Hilton, Lindsay Lohan uh, fire crotch drama was happening. Yeah. Uh, where they were calling her fire crotch because she's redheaded. It's a Lindsay Lohan. Yeah. And so I, thinking I'm being funny, would say that about this beautiful redheaded girl. <laughs> and... So then, like, later in high school when social media got, like, bigger and I'm, like, trying to add her and she's, like, declining and I'm, like, what the fuck? I thought we were cool. Yeah. Like, of course she doesn't like me. I bullied the shit out of her and I didn't even think that I was doing it. Yeah. But, okay, so, you know, I completely apologize. I really doubt she's listening to this, but I just want to throw that out there. 
I apologize for that. Just being a young, dumb kid and not really understanding the, the magnitude of certain phrases or words. Yes. And I, I have it. dealt with that for being short. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's happened to me a lot where people are like calling me like Oompa Loompa or what the fuck Damn. ever. And like they might think they're being funny. funny. And it's fucking rude. Yeah. Like, maybe let's just not talk about people's appearance unless we're being nice about it. Yeah. And, <clears throat> I will, yeah, <clears throat> sometimes, like, I guess sometimes me and my friends will, like, will joke. Honestly, I don't know if we joke about each other's appearances. Like, we really don't. Yeah. That's like, just ugly. We really don't. But I probably have said something, like, jokingly and not, like, about somebody's appearance. Probably. I most likely have. And I, I just can't think of the moment. But it, just as a joke. And it's like, it's a joke to you, but it's not a joke to them. So yeah, you know, if, it, if you have nothing nice to say, I guess don't say anything at all. Yeah. And that goes for me too, honestly. Honestly. Yeah. Same. See, yeah, I was picked on for having acne and not being able to wear makeup. I was picked on a lot, mostly by girls, not even guys, but girls. I feel like I was picked on more by guys. See, I was picked on by a lot of girls. And I was like the new girl. I was like the only, I knew one kid when I went to uh, public school in like seventh grade. So I went into junior high from private school. Like, the weird kid. And I would dress differently. Like, I, yeah. I got picked on hardcore. And I was, I don't know. Girls were way more mean. But I was kind of chill with the guys. And the guys would kind of pick on me here and there. But now looking back, those idiots had crushes. And they just are dumber than a box of rocks. Yeah. But still, it hurts. It hurts. It hurts. But we went a little bit too far into making that about appearance. But, um... Do we want to do um, setting up the stages for success and read? Yeah, go and, for it. Let's okay, start. so setting the stage for success. Um, so we're going to read again, you guys write down. Um, so the most helpful information I learned from this chapter, or you learned, one, I learned that I am not in a place for a relationship. And I say that by... Good for you. Thank you, by saying that I am not in a healthy enough mental state or have worked on myself to the extent that I feel comfortable being in a relationship that is healthy and that I will remain or maintain a healthy like outlook and, and attachment. I don't think I'm, I'm not there yet. I'm not. Yeah. And so instead of hurting myself again for God knows how many times and somebody else possibly, it's just better for me to be single, which is, you know, fine. I'm okay with that. Two, my strengths are also my weaknesses. Um, three, I need to remember others' love languages are different and to take their to take theirs appreciatively. Um, the other one, the other question is while going through this chapter, I was thinking I need to work on overthinking others, uh, others' actions and take them as they are meant to be. And then the next part says, and it helped me to see that. Um, just because it's not exactly how they are done or said in the way I want doesn't mean their actions or words are not honest or true. Good for you, girl. Yeah. My answers were very repetitive. This was like the part like in school where you just write something down to say something. Um, so... (laughs) (laughs) I just wrote that what I learned is that I can change my attachment type um, and it is very common. So I am not alone and uh, I developed it through my upbringing. And while going through this chapter, I was thinking, wow, other people feel the way I do. Again, I'm not alone. 
And it helped me to see that this is more common than I knew. And if others struggle with it, others struggle with it and are able to fix it, I can too. And I know I was super repetitive about that, but like, but it's so real because uh, this chapter has a lot more to it that we didn't read. And it gives like a whole example person. Each chapter gives like a person and makes up a scenario for them. And to know that it didn't give statistics or anything, but it's common enough for that to be a whole segment in this book. Like, hello, there are tons of us out there live in the struggle. Yeah. And, you know, I hate that for myself and for others, but like, there's hope. It There is hope. Yeah. I love that. And I love that you said you're not alone. And I just always think back to when we first really sat down and talked. Yeah. Both of us were like, oh my God, oh my God. And I've told my mom a hundred times since then, that was the first time in my life, truly, truly, since I started, <clears throat> excuse me, seeking therapy when I was in junior high, high school, into college, started taking medications in college, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that I didn't feel alone, that I didn't feel like I was the only one struggling, that I had to struggle with this by myself, that there was somebody else that was going through, honestly, almost the same verbatim things that I was going through and yeah. struggles. And I think that's why, I mean, we're also just super, you know, we're obsessive. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it just really, I think that really just helped me. And I feel like that just like solidified and set the foundation for our friendship on a totally different basis than other friendships. Yeah. And it's nothing against my other friends by any means. Like I love them. We're very strong friends, but this one has just been different. And I think that it's, it's just healthy. And it's so nice to have somebody there that understands. And just the fact that it was so random, we were both drunk, like going shot for shot and like went to the bathroom and et cetera. And then just, yeah, it was just, it was really cool. It was. And I was so excited because I truly did realize that I'd made like a life partner of a friend yes. without even fully knowing you, just yeah. the things that we had in common that I don't really share with others. And I have like really long friendships, really deep friendships, oh, yeah. amazing friendships, but I've never had like this. that. No, never. I've never had that. And it's just different. I don't know how to explain it. And it's not to ostracize anybody else, but it's different. I think that's why our friendship is so strong. I think that's why, like, even when we've hit a couple of bumps in the road, which not many, and you're bound to have it, that we've been able to work through it. And I feel like each time we've been able to, like, grow and realize, okay, I need to work on this and work on that. Yeah, because we're able to honestly explain our feelings to each other. And even if it's something we don't even realize we're doing or we don't want to hear, it's like, let me soak that in because I realize why she's feeling that way because I feel the same way. Yeah. And yeah. you also know me in a different way than other people. And so when you call it out, it's true and it's right. not malicious, but it's like out of love, but it, you, you see it because you also struggle with it. And so yeah. it's you helping me to better myself. And I feel like so many just friendships in general don't have that. But like if this really, really helps to, I will say like our friendship has really forced me to grow and like change a lot of things that I either knew about and just didn't care to change or things that I really had no idea that I was doing. And I'm glad it was brought to light because I don't want to be that person. And it's helped me change both ways. Absolutely. I've changed, so for the better sisters. Yeah. And I feel like that is something that <sighs> I love respect and something that I think we'll always have. We'll always be able to tell one another oh yeah and also it makes it easy to 
even if it's not something that I feel to understand the way that you would feel because we have similar ways of thinking. Exactly. And just like the struggles too, like that we struggle with so many of the same things, but we look at a lot, we have the same, like we have a lot of the same, I'm just saying things as a generalization, but you and I also do look at certain situations and things differently. And I think that's also Yeah, we do. It's, we do. And it's crazy, but I can understand your point of view. Oh, you know, same. Yeah, exactly. So I will say, even if you are a guarded person who fears rejection, fears whatever, um, if you find someone who you share that much in common with, I'm not talking like hobbies and interests, like your heart, your brain, your soul. Yeah. Open up to them. It it's a will safe be place. <laughs> such, yeah, such a safe, safe place. Such a great place to be. Yeah. And I don't even, I don't mean to make it sound like it's perfect because it's not, no. but that's a person that you can cherish forever. I mean, we literally have matching tattoos, like... And it's, you know, some people are like, oh, you've only been friends. It doesn't matter. It's just it different. Matter. It's that much deeper. It is much deeper. And it's I think it's very rare to find, in my opinion. It's my opinion. Yeah. So whatever. But I truly think that, like what Sarah said, if you find someone, not hobbies, because, you know, okay, hiking, what camping, whatever. Everybody likes that for the most part. But you find someone that has the same struggles, has, you know, like you share so many of like the deeper personal things that you have as well hold on to that person yeah and like you can't trust them because they're probably having the same fear as well of opening up and like are they going to use it against me and if you both feel that way and you can talk about it then it's most likely not going to happen they're not going to turn on you because of that fear and you really can't entrust them with that information yeah absolutely so yeah 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 Um, I do have another friend and we don't have the exact same similarities, but we've been friends for a very long time. We have a very similar way of thinking and there was, we've been friends for 15 or 16 years. Um, and there was a period of time, like a year or two that we weren't speaking and, Even during that time, I felt like I knew what she thought and felt. It's like a, it's like a psychic connection. Like twins almost. Yeah, It's just like an unspoken. In the mind it is. And it's like, I, I knew. And I always thought like, as rough as it was being apart, like I knew someday we would reconnect. And we did. Yeah. And there was no facade going back into it, pretending, you know, that either of us had changed or we no longer have this connection. It's just something that we have and that we'll probably have for a lifetime. We've had it for half of our whole lives. We're both 30 years old. Yeah. And I know that I also share that with you. And even if it's something that we don't, 
like, because I know her so well, I know what she's thinking. So with you and me, we might not know what each other is thinking, but it's that easy for us to explain it to each other and then just get it and not be like, what the fuck is she talking about? We don't have to over explain. And there's times like, I feel like even we don't say something like there's times we've even given each other looks, whether it just be like a, like something funny that's happened or like whatever. We just like look at each other with the same look and it's just, I feel like I'm looking in a mirror and I know like it's just unspoken. Yeah. And I have my friend Jerry with this, the same, we've been friends for 12 and 13 years and it's just the same. We've just, we've been through enough shit. We think pretty much the same. There's times we've had full conversations without saying a damn word. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, it's, yeah, we're, what I'm trying to say is that you don't have to have, you can have friendships that are like Sarah and I without the, you know, extra whatever. Um, but yeah, you know, it's just, yeah. I don't yeah. know where I was going with that, but yeah. <laughs> Love it. But anyway, there's some food for your brain. Lots of it. Uh, unfortunately, it does require you tapping into possibly some childhood trauma, but that really truly is essential for growth. I mean, it that's the true. root of everything yeah. is your childhood, but hopefully you had a good one. Uh, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. hopefully. <laughs> I feel like we all have our shit though, right? Oh yeah. I mean, I had a good childhood, but there was also like a lot of shit too. But, yeah. yeah. I didn't have like the worst by any means. I was still like a, I still had good times, Yeah, but you know, the bad things, they just kind of, they shape your mind they and do. they stick. They stick. Unfortunately. But hopefully you guys enjoyed that and figured out your attachment type. Um, So our last episode, we said that we wanted you guys to shout out a woman in your life, um, just someone that deserves it. And we only got one response, but it's the one response that matters. It's very, very sweet and very unexpected. Um, So this is... Abel. It says, all the way from Raleigh, North Carolina, my name is Abel, and I want to shout out my wife, Kate, who got me listening to this podcast. (laughs) Kate is the best wife, mother, and friend a person could have. She has told me how these girls, Briar and Sarah, make her feel understood and like she's hanging with friends when she works overnights by herself. She tells me what's new with them, so I listen to myself. She told me, I can't tell if they make me feel like I'm not crazy or I'm not the only one who is. LOL. (laughs) So shout out to my beautiful wife, Kate, and shout out to Briar and Sarah for giving her something to look forward to and me as well. You girls rock. Oh my gosh. I literally got chills. I'm like, I want to cry. I'm like from North Carolina. How'd you find us? I know. We don't have that big a following. I know. How did you find us? Well, shout out to both of y'all. So glad that you can listen to our podcast on the overnights and- Girl, you're not crazy, and if you are a little bit, you ain't the only one. You yeah, know, you're not, you're both. You're, you're both crazy, girl. and you're not alone. You're not alone, and listen to us, which you do. So <laughs> <laughs> we totally kind of pretended to be uh, therapists today. Yeah, but just a little bit. Just a little we bit. We were just we were mostly sharing, but you know. Yeah, exactly. So well, thank <laughs> you guys for that beautiful shout out. That was amazing, Abel and Kate. We love you guys. Love y'all. Um, send us some more. We love interacting with listeners and we yes. haven't done it in like a bit but um for a little bit there we got some like listener questions and um some stories submitted it's fun which we're always open to we'll make a whole episode around it if y'all have uh some more questions if it's not enough we'll just like if it's not a lot not not enough if it's not a lot we'll just stick them on to yeah. the end or 
opening of an episode. Um, but if it's a lot, I think we had a whole episode that was just one listener's question. Yeah, it was. And stories. We love stories. We are here for all the stories. Even BPD if, stories. Yeah. Long BP, like something the, funny. A drunk one. That's what I say. The drunk one. Crazy. Just Even if it's like we've talked about in a past episode, send it in. Like it yeah. does not matter if it's not like with the current episode. We do not care. Yeah. We just want to hear from y'all. It makes it so much more enjoyable for us like we just we love to hear from you guys it's important to us we want to make sure that you know we are reaching you guys and you know we are making a difference and it's not about us it's about y'all without y'all we we're just two girls sitting at a table talking to a microphone yeah that's (laughs) honestly how it feels i downplay a lot of what exactly we do is because it was like just a fun thing. And to me, it still is. I don't, I'm not fully, I don't fully realize our effect until someone completely random tells me that they listen to us. And I'm like, you listen to that podcast? I'm like, how? How do you even know about it? Yeah. (laughs) And I'm blown away. Like every time. I thought I would have to like ask people to listen to it. Yeah. No, I've had people like that. I don't even like this one girl that came up to me at the bar or like was like, oh, is she the Briar from Briar and Sarah? And I leaned over and she was like, like, no BS. Right. And I was like, what? This girl lives in Washington state. Yeah. And yeah, she knew our podcast and I was taken aback and just, she was just telling me like, oh my gosh, you're so funny. I love y'all. Da, da, da. And it made me feel so good that we made somebody else feel good. Yeah. Like it just, again, it's not a pride or we're, I'm conceited like hell yeah, our podcast. It's, oh my gosh, like someone loved it. Someone listened to it, it helped them and made them feel good. Like that is so satisfying to me. Yeah. And I just, we just want to hear more about that from you guys. We want to, we want to know about y'all. We want to know who our listeners are, y'all's backgrounds, whatever you want to share funny, sad, informative questions, whatever. Yeah. Send it I in. will say, okay. How many times do I say yeah in the background this episode? Okay. If you're not sober, take a shot every time. Tell me how drunk you got. <laughs> um, but well, that, what is it? The second episode for sure. Totally. Totally. For sure. <laughs> totally. Uh, yeah. But, um, not that it matters because we cater to everyone, but obviously we're girls and we had we started out with so many more girl listeners than guys, but it's gone up a lot. It has. And I am truly double dumbfounded whenever a guy tells me that they listen to our podcast. That happened to me the other day Uh when I was at work. He's just like, oh my God, I listen to y'all's podcast and it is so good. And I'm like, what? I know. I'm like, And the person who told me before that was a guy. I've had. I'm like, what? Yeah, I've had three, I've had two or three guys tell me that they listen to it and like guys that I would never expect. I'm like, oh my gosh. You know, I play it cool when they tell me in person. I'm just like, oh my God, thank you. Oh my God, behind closers. I'm like, "Ah." really? I'm like, what? Oh dude, I'm like jumping in excitement. Me and Brian. Little little us. You better don't. You take the time out of your day to listen to us ramble. And that means the so world. much to us the world and to our guy listeners like you know how sarah said we started off mostly focusing on like girls and like female topics um if there's something that you would like for us to talk about um that can kind of cross over or whatever or something that you think that is similar to what you know women struggle with but like men struggle with it and it's not really talked about 
let us know and we'll we'll talk yeah. about it for sure like for, for sure for sure for sure totally um <laughs> it can be honestly anything at all yeah. but i do have to say i don't think i've met a guy or at least um they've never told me like a guy that uh has bpd oh and yeah i'm curious as to obviously there's differences in our lives because of our gender and i'm yeah i'm curious but it's not super important anything from anyone yeah we love y'all we want to hear from y'all unless you're mean don't yeah oh yeah are we gonna oh yeah yeah so <laughs> we have a bone to pick and With we don't someone. we don't know if it's like uh someone is trolling us trolling us or what but our facebook no bs page has had <laughs> What, two, three? It's now on three reports, reports of... Not following guidelines. Yeah. And all we do is share exactly what's on our podcast and exactly what's on our Instagram. And we have yet to have any reports um, on those two um, apps. And so we are just curious if either I or Sarah or both of us have done or said something that whoever i feel like it's the same person that we've hurt your feelings yeah. or we have said something that bothers you or whatever if we have and we are unaware of it we apologize one two we would like to know what we have done or said <laughs> or posted so we can rectify this because we just talked about you know we're working on ourselves yeah and obviously anything that we say and sometimes i'm more erratic in what i say and i don't really think past my face my mouth gets me in trouble a lot it's never out of malicious intent but i don't know and so if it's me say something if either way please let us know if we really have done something or said something um that way we don't continue it um if it's a bad behavior that we just are unaware of because we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. We want this to be a safe space. We want this to be fun and enjoyable and informative. And we, you know, again, more importantly, we do apologize and we would like to fix whatever the issue might be. Absolutely. I do feel like whoever is doing it probably doesn't even actually listen to us and is like a little hater. Yeah. Um, and they probably won't come forth, but yeah. in the off chance, that they do and are listening to this now and want to just be nice and keep it real yeah yes just like tell us yeah we'll address it immediately we're not afraid no we're about the no bs and we're probably sorry yeah again it's probably it probably don't even know that we're doing it honestly like honestly i'm, I'm very unaware sometimes same like i just don't think past my face and my mouth and my mouth. I always get in trouble for my mouth ever since I was a little kid. I'm just so Same. Think. I'm like unintentionally rude a lot. Dude. And I don't even think it. And then someone points it out and I'm like, yikes. Yeah, no. And some people are like, Barry, you can't say that or you can't do that. I'm like, oh. The times, I'm I'm sorry. I'm a millennial. I, things have changed. And there are certain things that I, I genuinely am just like, I don't, didn't know that was an issue. Like, I mean, obviously some things. Yeah, duh. But other things, I'm, I don't know. I don't no there's so many new rules and things you can can't say like council culture is so hardcore and about everything like i don't know what is and what isn't <laughs> um okay so we're gonna go ahead and start wrapping this up uh briar do you want to tell me something good and something bad that's happened to you this week um let's see something good <sighs> 
Well, I had to like house it at my parents' house this weekend. And they came back on Monday. And I really hadn't like seen my parents, like hung out or seen my parents in like a while. So I got to have dinner with them and hang out. And it was nice. It'd been, it had been a minute. I always talk to my mom yeah. on the phone. But I hadn't like gone over there for dinner and hung, hang, hung out with them in like a month or two. So nice. So that was fun. That was nice. Nothing really bad. Um, it's only Wednesday, but yeah, we're gonna keep pausing. We're going based on like last week. Yeah, but also the same. Nothing mm, really nothing bad. Nothing really bad. Honestly, just, just good. Great weekend. Made a lot of money. Had a lot of compliments. And, like my hair tinsel and my outfits. I was just like vibing. Yeah. Good, good, good what about for you. you. Um, so something good, same. Spent some time with my family. It was my sister's birthday and my nephew's yeah. birthday. So hung out with them, which I never really do. And then this morning, I had a very awesome workout with my older sister, who is my number one fitness inspiration queen. And she and I used to work out together back in the day when I was like 19, 20. And I was in the best shape of my life because she – whipped me into shape she like forced me She's a very good coach um and so i just kind of put it on her like hello i'm ready for a whole transformation i need your help boot camp baby and so we went this morning i never wake up that early um, and we went and we're doing it again tomorrow and i'm really really excited i actually like truly physically feel good even from just the one workout. I was going to ask you, like, how do you feel, like, mentally, like, like waking up that early? Like, did you feel more productive today? I did, yeah. Good. I was productive all day. I miss working out with my mom that early in the morning, but now I work early mornings in my other job. But I would, I will say, like, when I used to, I just felt better, like, yeah. going into the day like that. Like, my endorphins just, bam. Yeah. It's like. I'm so happy for you. I love that. A high. It really <laughs> is. Like, woof. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I really didn't have anything bad. I mean, I guess getting reported for violating community standards which yeah i still don't understand what we've done but it didn't take down our accounts so i feel like it was just a little troll but whatever please don't be a hater like talk to yeah, us yeah don't be a hater, don't be a hater. if you want to be on the podcast just say it <laughs> but yeah i think we're all done here yeah no. okay sweet well until next time, don't, don't BS, BS yourselves. yourselves. Bye. Bye. Bye.